0: Welcome to Keep the Republic with Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn, Associate Broker with Silver Creek Realty Group, and ThinkExodus.org.
1: And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, your host, talking today about, well, constitutional issues facing our legislature, facing the country as well. My guest today is Paul Engel with the Constitution Study at constitutionstudy.com. I'll be talking with him about some of the issues going through Idaho's legislature. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to Michael Hahn. He is an associate broker. And if you're looking for real estate in southern Idaho, he is the guy you want to talk to. He's got over 17 years experience. And if you're talking about investment properties or individual homes, uh, Michael is the guy you want to reach. IdahoInvestmentProperties.com is his website. IdahoInvestmentProperties.com. You can also give Michael a call at 208-939-9033. It's 939-9033. Well, as I said at the top of the show, Paul Engel is my guest today here. And Paul, first of all, this is not your first time on the show. You've been on the show before. Welcome back.
0: Yes, I had the pleasure of being up in Idaho last year. Got the chance to meet you in person. We had a wonderful time. At least I did uh, during that (laughs) interview.
1: I enjoyed our conversation as well. That's why I wanted to have you back on the show. You're kind of a constitutional expert. Uh, For those that may have missed your first show with us, Tell our listeners how you got into studying the Constitution. Well,
0: like most Americans, ninety percent of our students go to a public school, and I didn't. I learned more about the Constitution from Saturday morning cartoons than I did from twelve years of government-run school. Uh, thank you, Schoolhouse Rock. And so, for me, the Constitution—I was ignorant and apathetic. I didn't know. I didn't care. Uh, I finally heard a historian that could talk about our history without putting me to sleep. And while listening to him, I heard a quote from our first chief justice, a man by the name of John Jay, who said, every member of the state ought diligently to read and study the Constitution of his country, teach the rising generation to be free, by knowing their rights, they'll sooner perceive when they're violated, be the better prepared to defend and assert them. So I kind of took that as a challenge. I'd never actually read the Constitution, so I sat down and I read it. Uh, It wasn't that hard, but I was struck by two things. One, how much I had not been taught in school. And two, how much of what I had been taught was was actually wrong. Hmm. And that kind of got me going down to reading it, reading the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, and and learning more and more about not just what this document says, but what the people who wrote it said they meant when they said it. And uh, it's led me to write a few books, have my own podcast, website, radio show. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And it's it's, it's become my passion. I walked away from a 30-year IT career to do this for a living now because it's become my passion.
1: So that's kind of telling because here are 30 years in IT, so you're a systems analyst kind of guy. You're looking at systems and a very logical uh, career field. And then you go into the Constitution, which by itself is also a very logical document and it's interesting when people see things in the constitution they don't realize that much of what's there is there because of what's also in the declaration and so understanding the right. grievances listed in the declaration helps us understand why certain things exist in the constitution and it is not a difficult document most people think oh this big spooky document no it's not it's very simple to understand. And it's free online. You don't have to even buy a book. You can go online and read the Constitution. Anybody can do this. So you also, you know, you didn't, just so our listeners know, you, you know, you didn't go to some big law school and become a constitutional attorney. You just did what the founders wanted and what John Jay was talking about. Get in, study the Constitution and understand it and share it with people. So you've been doing that for how long now? My first study where I actually got a group together,
0: we studied together, was 2014. Um, I started doing this full time about four years ago. But you're right. You know, the the last place you want to go to learn about what the Constitution says is a law school because they, they don't teach the Constitution in law school anymore. I've asked lawyers for four or five years when you were in law school, did you study the Constitution or constitutional law? one man said the constitution everyone else is studying what a judge says the constitution means not what the constitution actually says and that's you know that's a dangerous game of telephone
1: that's very dangerous also dangerous and most folks don't know this is that when someone gets elected to a house position or a senate position if you're in the house of representatives or the senate be it the state senate or the state house or at the federal level There is no requirement to study the Constitution. There is no requirement to pass any kind of test that you understand what the Constitution laws and rules are. That scares me when I find out that people are getting elected and they're quote unquote making laws. They're writing laws and they have no clue whether or not their law aligns with constitutional principles. That's scary.
0: Interesting enough, there is a requirement that they take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, Article yes. 6, Clause 3. Yes. But you're right. Most of them don't know. But interestingly enough, I don't so much blame the person in office. I blame the people that elected him or her. And the reason is simple. How can you tell when a politician is lying? <laughs> Their, mouth, Their lips are moving. Yes. Right. Well, well, we use that as a dig against politicians. What does it say about the American people? That we not only knowingly hire people that are lying to us to represent us, to exercise our power in, in our name, but the ones that lie the best are the ones we keep around the longest. I believe in the, in the midterm election, Congress had a roughly 15% approval rating, but a 96% incumbent reelection rating. The problem is most people don't know what the Constitution says. They they wouldn't know how to vet a candidate and say, "Hey, explain to me why this is constitutional." So we end up with this circular, you know, feedback loop of you don't ha- you're not held accountable for it, and people don't care that you that you don't do it. So we keep electing the same people over and over again, wondering why nothing changes.
1: It's also scary that they don't understand the Constitution or they just started making laws. I. I... Even in Idaho here, you have these legislators who write laws, and they submit those rough drafts to the Legislative Service Office, and then the Legislative Service Office cleans it up and tries to get it to align with constitutional principles, tries, but it doesn't always work. And this is unsettling to me. One of the situations here in Idaho, maybe you've heard about it, because I know you're based out of Tennessee, but one of the things happening in Idaho is... Uh, Well, not is, it's are. There are multiple bills going through our legislature having to do with education to try to turn back the dial on this LGBTQ plus rights thing, these bathroom things. And so right now there's a Senate bill, Senate Bill 1100, that's going to ensure that bathrooms and locker rooms and dressing rooms and showering areas are only going to be used by people who are biologically assigned to that room so if you're a biological boy then you can only use boy locker rooms and biological girl girls locker rooms and if you choose or you're unwilling to abide by that then you're going to be given access to your own facilities you got people in the education realm pushing back on that education is an interesting thing when it comes to the constitution jimmy carter created the department of education in 1979 Imagine how we lasted over 200 years in this country without a Department of Education. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, Jimmy Carter didn't create the Department of Education. He he
0: signed the bill created by Congress, the representatives of the people and the representatives of the states that created the Department of Education. But legally, they didn't actually create a Department of Education. It doesn't legally exist. Now, a lot of people say it's unconstitutional, and they're right. But think of it this way. Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution, the Supremacy Clause, says that the Constitution is a supreme law of the land. Only U.S. law made pursuant to the Constitution is also supreme. The Tenth Amendment says the power not delegated to the United States doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the states or the people. Look, all you want, you will not find education as a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, it was not made pursuant to the Constitution. Therefore, it's not the supreme law of the land. Hmm. Now, some people will push back and say, well, it falls under the general welfare clause. right? Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, Congress can collect taxes to do three things, pay the debts of the United States, provide for the common defense of the United States, or the general welfare of the United States. All three times, it's a capital U, capital S, a proper noun. The very same proper noun used in the 10th Amendment says, if we didn't give you the power, you can't do it. So it's not a general welfare issue because it's not for the general welfare of the proper noun United States. Now, people, you know, Congress loves to use the Commerce Clause, but the Department of Education doesn't participate in commerce. Article you know, 1, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 says Congress can regulate commerce between the states. This has nothing to do with commerce between the states. Some people even reach for what's called the Necessary and Proper Clause. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18 says Congress can make all laws being necessary and proper to put into effect the powers delegated to the United States. Since this was never a power delegated to the United States, it was neither necessary nor proper for Congress to enact this legislation. This legislation is not the supreme law of the land, and of course, based on several court cases, several the, the Supreme Court has recognized those laws are void. Uh, Marbury versus Madison, um, uh, Sebold, uh, even the Miranda case recognized. A law that is not made pursuant to the Constitution is void. If it's void, it's empty, it's meaningless. The Department of Education does not legally exist. And that means all the money we spend on it is fraudulently acquired. It's embezzlement.
1: Okay. So let's theoretically and rationally say you're correct. Mm -hmm. And let's say that this entity called the Department of Education is not supposed to legally exist and maybe does not legally exist. It's existing fraudulently. But the fact remains, it is existing, however fraudulent it might be. And it does have impact in what's happening in our schools. So one of the things happening now is you have State Board of Education here in Idaho telling local school boards that they have to implement this LGBTQ plus theory and, and this teaching and allow all of these pronouns and all of these things, or they're going to lose federal funding. What are your thoughts on that? It,
0: it's a perfect example of how most governments today work by bribery. In other words, the federal government has no legal authority to write rules and regulations. The states have are not legally bound to listen to the word the Department of Education says. But you offer them money, they'll take the bribe, and now they'll do what they're, what they're told because they took the money from the federal government. I've been trying to find a school district that will do one simple little test. I want them to add up how much money they spend trying to fulfill all the federal re- rules and regulations created by the Department of Education. My guess is the cost of fulfilling those rules, the strings that come attached with the money, far exceeds the actual money they're getting from the federal government. So what you need is you need state legislators uh, and a state executive that understands that if the Constitution doesn't delegate a power to the United States, not only is it not legitimate legitimate law, but the states have a duty to protect their citizens from all enemies, foreign and domestic. That includes an out-of-control federal government. Stop taking the federal money. And uh, then you get rid of all the federal regulations. And when the federal government, the bureaucrats, start whining and crying and stomping, say, "I don't care. We didn't authorize you to do this in the first place."
1: This whole education thing, and I've been kind of riding this wave for a while here on my show, but it's of a concern to me because you know it's one of the areas that the people can control the future of America. Is the education system? The other being the election system both of which I believe are under attack, both of which I believe have become corrupt to many levels. So in the education realm is what we're talking about here. You've got students going to school because their parents are into the groove, so to speak. Uh, they don't do homeschooling. Maybe they can't afford homeschooling. So the parents are sending the child to the public school because, well, you, know, you pay your taxes, your property taxes. People who don't have any kids still pay their property taxes. And that goes to funding education. Uh, when that money then from the federals, though, comes back, I've been talking to some people to say, go ahead and, and try it. Because they could be sued if, if the federal government said, OK, we're, we're going to hold back this money then the local school district could actually sue the federal government for that money. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's just increasing the corruption.
0: That that actually makes the problem worse. If you're going to sue for money, you're, you're saying there's a Department of Education, an unconstitutional department that's bribing me for money, and now you're saying if I don't abide by their wishes and I don't get the money, I have the right to demand that money. From them, even though I don't follow their rules. But to me, there's a more fundamental issue undergirding a lot of this with the education. You mentioned how important education is to shaping the next generation. Yes. Yeah. Uh Lenin thought exactly the same thing. Uh I, I don't remember the quote exactly, but I think he said, um, let me educate a child for four years. I don't care what you do, he's mine. So you think about it, at the age of five, we take our most precious items, our children, and we turn them over to government, right? These aren't public schools anymore. These are government schools. We turn them over to government and say, you educate them. And then we're shocked that they're taught to be little subjects of government. I I remember when I was a child, yes, we had public schools, but parents were involved. My mother volunteered to work with one of the teachers who had a very large class. This is in New York City, Nowadays, not only are parents not engaged in their child's education, they're actively dissuaded. They're prevented from being involved in their child's education. To me, it will put it this way. Take the word school out of it. If you had somebody that uh, uh, your child went to every day, five days a week, that said, we're going to do these things, but they're secret, don't tell your parents. The first place you call is the police. Because that is at best a groomer, at worst a child abductor, a child molester. Uh, you know, definitely someone that's not that's a child abuser. But you put him in the context of oh, it's a school, and suddenly that's considered normal now. It's it, it it is kind of crazy. Whether the question of affording education, I think, needs to be looked at overall. But I think that we have to start with parents taking responsibility for what their children are being taught and recognizing that, you know, just because someone is a quote unquote expert, they went to the right school, doesn't mean they have a clue what they're doing and doesn't mean that their agenda is anything like your agenda.
1: Mm. Mm. And this is happening all over what you just described. I mean, I know there's a case in Arizona where you have a principal who sent out a list of student pronouns to teachers, telling the teachers, here are the students that have special pronouns. You're supposed to use these pronouns with these particular students, but you're not supposed to inform the parents that you're doing this. So you're absolutely right. They're holding this from the parents. And in my opinion, The parents are supposed to be the primary stakeholders of their kids, not the school system. And yet, even like in New York, you said you're raised in New York. uh, Here you have a fifth grade student, female, told by her teachers that she will be referred to using male pronouns, even though she didn't want it. This was in Long Island. And so this child Mm -hmm. becomes suicidal because the teachers are trying to force this child into becoming transgender when the fifth grade student doesn't even want it. This is criminal. And this is happening in Idaho, too, because we had a big kerfluffle here in Caldwell, Idaho, where the teachers wanted to do the same thing, be able to refer to students by pronouns and not tell the parents. This is happening not just in New York, not just in Arizona. It's happening in Idaho as well. What, What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it's happening all across the country, and I find it very interesting. Um sexual dysphoria is the only dysphoria we treat as if it's true. If you go to the doctor and say, I feel like my left arm isn't really here, I want you to amputate it. They send you to a psychologist. If you have anorexia and you, even though you're as thin as a bone, you think you're fat, you go to a psychologist. But you go, you show up at a doctor's office and say, I'm a boy that thinks I'm a girl. They go, okay, let's start chopping body parts off. But in the schools, it's the only dysphoria that is not simply being tolerated, it is being encouraged, it's being indoctrinated. And if you think about it, where else in the world would you allow your child to be treated such a way and not call child protective services, Mm -hmm. and not call the police, and not defend your child against this nonsense, But because it's sex, because it's been labeled woke, I don't know why. But for some reason, we've decided that this mental disorder of transgenderism, and it is a mental disorder, somehow isn't a disorder anymore because some group of people are promoting it. And it's the American people. We used to value our independence and our ability to think and reason. And I think we've wandered away from it, and we're letting other people tell us what we should think, and we're doing it without any criticality at all.
1: No, no, you're absolutely spot on. By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Paul Engel, founder of the Constitution Study, which can be found at constitutionstudy.com. Paul's been uh, studying the Constitution for quite a while, and it is a learnable document. I also want to give a shout-out to a couple more of our sponsors, thinkexodus.org. We've been talking about education here. thinkexodus.org is the Exodus Institute, and they offer two tracks. They have a full online K-12 through option. This is classes taught by Christians. They do all the teaching. They do all the grading, K-12. through They also have an enrichment program. If you're currently homeschooling and you want some help, they have a an enrichment program for 5th through 12th graders, which is also uh, information you can find at thinkexodus.org. It's only 20 bucks a month, you can cancel any time, check them out. Also want to give a shout out to Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. Tom Lopack is the owner. And if you are wanting to get those windows clean so you can look out and see these beautiful spring days coming our way, give Tom a call. They also do gutter cleaning, screen repair, and pressure washing. Free estimates for your home or business, and you can save some money. Just tell them you heard about their business on the Keep the Republic show here, and you're going to get $50 off any window cleaning job over $250, or 10% off your total bill, whichever is greater. Just tell them you heard about it here on the Keep the Republic show. Find them at windowcleaningboise.com. That's windowcleaningboise.com. Paul, before the break there, uh, we're talking about education. There was a bill that our House committee just refused to hear. This is a bill that has to do with pornography in our libraries, in our school libraries, where you now have pornography allowed to be seen by kids in the school system, in the public libraries, and our education committee is saying, no, this is fine. This is not a problem. Wouldn't there be laws against pornography in schools? Well, believe it or not, there actually is
0: almost like almost a state law against pornography in the state of Idaho. I don't know what the law is, but pretty much every state I've looked into this, Um, They have laws against pornography. Now, part of the problem is people have different definitions of pornography. Uh, The greatest I can't remember who said it, said, I don't know. I said, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Uh, The problem we have is, once again, a misunderstanding of public school and public library. See, the word public is important. That means it's owned by the public. Therefore, the public gets to decide what is in these schools, what is in these these libraries. But what's happened is they've been taken over either by government bureaucrats or, in large cases, by these these teacher uh, special interests. And again, these teachers have been indoctrinated into we have to promote these ideas. We have to sexualize children. There was one, um, I forget where it was. They, they actually no, it was down in Florida. They were – the teachers' union was all upset because um, Governor DeSantis banned teaching children in kindergarten through third grade how to perform sex, actual how to perform sexual acts. And they went ballistic as if, you know, the, the end of the world because we're not teaching five, six, seven, eight years olds how to engage in sex We've lost our minds, but what we have is a is a, a relatively small group of people that are dictating to everyone else. Well, this is how it must be because we've begun worshiping experts. You know, we we the, the well, they're the, they're the experts. They're the teachers. Forget the fact that uh, very often they're what they're expert in is not
1: good. It just they're smart at it, or they got a degree in it. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, yes. they have to justify their job. And unfortunately, we're out of time. But that's that's what we're dealing with here is people trying to justify their jobs, trying to uh, bring in more money or keep their money or whatever. Every entity exists to preserve itself. This is the downside and not looking at what's best for the people and for the communities. Uh, we've been talking with Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. Paul, how do people find your courses and what your program is about? But you can find me on constitutionstudy.com. That's the best place
0: to start. I put out a weekly article, video. Uh, You can also find me at americaoutloud.com. I do a a five-day-a-week radio program, 4 p.m. Eastern time, which is 2 p.m. Mountain time for you guys. Uh, You can find books and other materials on Amazon, YouTube, Rumble,
1: All right. Well, uh, Paul Engel, thank you so much for joining me here on Keep the Republic. You've been tuned in here to KBXL. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski with Keep the Republic. If you want, you can also catch my Keep the Republic radio show on Brighteon Radio, which is at 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Just go to brighteonradio.com. And then on Thursday afternoons, I have the Keep the Republic TV show, which you can find on brighteon.tv. That's going to be at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, brighteon.tv for the Keep the Republic live TV show each Thursday. I also need to give a shout out to Conservatives Of. They've been a sponsor of this show since the beginning. we are a political action committee helping to get constitutionally minded conservative Christians into office. We've got people serving right now in our statehouse because of the help they got from Conservatives of. You can make a donation to help them in that cause by going to conservativesof.com. That's conservativesof.com. And while you're there, please thank them for sponsoring this show. With that, I want to wish you Godspeed, God's blessings, and until next time, be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic sponsored by Conservatives of, Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn, Associate Broker with Silver Creek Realty Group, and thinkexodus.org. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.